1: Joining us today on the Storm Collegiate Spotlight is A.J. Chapman. A.J. Bowled collegiately at Wichita State University. He was part of that 2015 Intercollegiate Team Championships team. A.J. is also a three-time and current member of Team USA. In 2015, he was the Collegiate First Team All-American. AJ Timberg and Coach K. Steve Clemkin here. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah,
2: I'm glad to be on.
1: All right, AJ. So you're a, a former Shocker, a bowl at Wichita State University, as did Steve and a bunch of other folks we've had on the show. But let's talk about what led uh, an Iowa boy to head over to uh, to Kansas and, and go to school in Wichita.
2: Well, I got a, you know, I got fortunate and had a decent youth career in Iowa and made junior to the USA, and that kind of made me a, a decent prospect across the board. So. I got a couple emails and a phone call from uh, Coach Gordon Vatican and he said, I want you to come down and check us out. You know, we'll, we'll take care of your visit. And, uh, and that's kind of what started it. And I said, well, it's not going to hurt to go, go check it out. And, there, you know, you hear all the bad rumors and stuff about, you know, they're clicky and, you know, never get to bowl and all the stuff that's not true. So I didn't really go down with expectations or, you know, full intentions to go there. And then once I got down there, I really,
0: really enjoyed it. And uh, once I was on my way home, I really knew I wasn't going anywhere else. So, talk a little bit, maybe about how uh, you know your time there in Wichita. How maybe it uh, affected or changed or molded your your game. I mean, you're a three time Team USA member and have a lot of uh, international experience. Um, what, what, what does uh, what, what did Wichita State? Uh, how did it change and, and mold you? When I was when I was younger, I was uh, definitely a little out of control. Threw pretty hard, you know. Very, very kind of
2: you know. Did it as hard as I could, and once I got there, uh, Mark Lewis definitely smoothed me out. You know, I've seen several coaches over, you know, across the United States in high school and even in middle school to try to kind of straighten me out, and he almost fixed me in like three or four, you know, one-hour lessons. So that was that was really cool. I was super excited about that. Um, and once we got some physical stuff in line, it definitely made you know repetition a lot easier. But then there's like the the mental side of it too, with you know with Gordon does uh, all the all the mental training and, you know, we have meetings, you know, every week and we'd, we'd read books and we'd go over training and, you know, how to treat yourself, you know, and as everything about it, you know, that there's a reason that everybody puts Wichita state on a pedestal is because they figure it out. So everybody tries to base, you know, their school off of kind of what we do. And definitely to be a part of that was, was really cool. And I definitely, uh, definitely will hold on to that for as long as I can
1: yeah so let's uh, kind of talk about that so you would you say how was your mental game in high school growing up in iowa i know i was a really strong bowling area you got a lot of of youth tournaments got youth tours and such how was so it sounds mm-hmm. like your mental game you needed some work with that
2: uh yeah there was definitely i needed a little reality check i mean just like every other kid that's in high school kind of walked in there's a our uh gi or uh gisbt is like our local greater iowa scholarship bowling tour that's kind of like got me started into scholarship ball and into really into scratch tournaments. And, you know, I, I bowled my first one when I was 13. I was fortunate. I bowled my first 300, my first one. So then I kind of had high expectations and then I kind of got, got my head kicked in for another year. You know, I didn't make a cut and it was kind of like reality telling me that you need to take a step back before you can take a step forward. I mean, I I developed pretty well through that and eventually got to a point where I was like, you know, a, a typical, you know, 16 or 17 year old, you walk into a bowling center and expecting to win, you know, you're not scared of anybody. So definitely getting to college, you know, I definitely needed another reality check kind of, you know, you're, you're not the best in the world. You need to, you know, take a step back so you can get better so you can become that guy. Um, And definitely it was more mental training than anything that helped that. uh, Like I said, with, with Gordon doing those training and then individual and one-on-one stuff just really, really helped. And even, even the team stuff was, was very, very helpful. You know, you got your, your teammates backs and you, really understand how to communicate and how to understand another person or another situation well, or from another person's point of view. And that can really change your perception on life in general.
0: Yeah. And teammates. And that's, I'm glad you brought that up as well, too, because uh, I was going to kind of segue that into the, the Team USA discussion just a little bit. What does that feel like, um, ha- you know, having been uh, a member of Team USA? Would Talk about that for a little bit. I mean, just being on the team is something that's
2: almost indescribable. It's you know, not a lot of people get a chance to do it, so I'm very grateful to have a couple opportunities to be on the team. And, um, and it, it's, it's really cool. I think the, either two years ago, I think we had, out of the 12 guys that are on the team, seven of them were either uh, past, current, or future Shocker bowlers. So it was cool to have over half the team come from WSU. So it was really easy. Camp was great because we clicked really well. Uh, communication was, you know, there but not over the top like it can get sometimes. Or there wasn't there wasn't too little of it. People weren't you know not talking enough. It definitely helped develop a good sense of communication for the team when we're at camp, when we're at tournaments. Uh, so I would I would definitely say that WSU helped me get to the point to make the team and to be useful to the team when I was there.
1: Yeah. So hit on that a little bit because you have you know Coach Lewis and Coach V up at Wichita. You go down to you know you do your Team USA stuff and and um, you know Coach Ross is helping you out with stuff. How do you keep you know everyone has their own little bit of, of, of different way of coaching and, and if not coaching, at least communicating things. How are you able to keep things on the same page so that you you know everything does click in your mind and how, how you're able to understand and comprehend what, what, you know what the goals are when you go down to Arlington and and if you're trying to refine a little bit of your game versus then when you go back to Wichita? Uh,
2: I think keeping an open mind is is really a, a big key factor to that um, being is that I've you know been with and seen so many coaches. Everybody's obviously different. So what I like to do is going into something new, you know, or going into someone different, uh, I kind of have a more open expectation and just kind of see how well that fits and, you know, what what buttons you can push to get the most feedback back. Or, you know, because I definitely have different coaches that I work with that I speak to and communicate differently because that's how our style works together, you know, between me and between Rod and between me and between Coach L. Like there's definitely – A difference, but I think being open is definitely the with somebody new is definitely the best way to get the most out of the situation.
0: So, what do you what do you recommend? I mean, there's a lot of younger younger players who uh, you know when you're you're either going to get a lesson or you're working with your high school bowling coach, for example, Mm -hmm. um, trying to to communicate with them. um, You know, sometimes can be different, you know, difficult, and, and we're all different types of people, so. It, how did you how did you kind of mold into that, and how did you how did that communication open up for you guys
2: It's similar to to wSU, but it's it's still different because most of the guys that are on the team are professional bowlers, so a lot of times what comes with professionalism is some level of ego um, and I thought always was like everybody when they hear ego, they assume bad, but a lot of times in bowling, you have to have an ego otherwise you're not going to get somewhere. Uh, if you don't walk in knowing that you have a chance, then you probably shouldn't be bowling in the first place. So I think that having one is definitely helpful. And when you're with some of those guys, you know, you're with the Sean and you're with the Ronnie and you're with the Barnes and those guys that are that better prove themselves time and time again, you know, they have an ego, but they can back it up because they know they're that good. So when you're talking to those guys, uh, you definitely want to be more open-minded. Like the first year that I made the the adult team, you know, I basically was, I knew that, you know, I'm going with these guys that are a lot better than I am, you know, that I've been watching these guys for 20 years. Um, you know, just be a sponge this week. Just really, really stay open and, you know, observe and listen to everything you can. I, pr- I probably learned more that first camp from my teammates than from some of the coaches. And not that in a bad way, but just communicating and understanding their version of the experience really helped me understand and help me get to the next level.
0: And, and bowling with great players, like you just mentioned, Chris Barnes, Ronnie Russell... You know, I, it kind of reminds me, Bill Hoffman told me a real funny one One time. He was uh, getting ready to compete at a, a internationally at a tournament when they had just started to allow the PBA players to be on Team USA, and he got picked to bowl on a team with Walter Ray Williams. And I kind of asked him, hey, are you, are you kind of nervous about this or what? And he says, you know what I'm most nervous of is I know that I'm going to flag a single pin spare at some point in that tournament. I have to turn around and look at Walter Ray. <laughs> Who's the best single pin spare shooter in the planet? <laughs> <You know, laughs> yeah. Did you have any of that kind of thing bowling with, bowling with Chris Barnes? Yeah, probably a little bit at first. You know, uh, at, at camp, you know,
2: you don't want to make a, a bad impression, so obviously we go there before traveling. So going out there, you know, yeah, bowling with with Chris and with Sean, and I mean, and Marshall. You know, Marshall and I are close in age, but he's been on the team for you know the last five years. So it's those guys that you look up to, and they're like. Wow, they're they are really good, and you you see them, you see everybody's stats, and you're like, yeah, there's definitely a little there's a little nerve wracking point at first, but uh, thankfully the the guys are you know awesome and they're super welcoming, so it was it went away pretty quick.
1: AJ Mike Fagan had a great piece in the latest Bowlers Journal International regarding prize funds and talking about the Open Championships. What is your perspective as a younger player and the Open Championships? There's a lot of talk amongst the older folks about not releasing the patterns about just the prize funds. And I'd love to hear it from someone who's younger and really what their thoughts are.
2: Yeah. I mean, I would, I would say there's gotta be a balance at some point. I mean, you, you don't want to lose the, the prestigiousness of the event. So the Eagle has got to stay valuable to some point, you know, it's like the, the hardest event to win. There is no prize fund, you know, the team all events Eagle is the one that's the most prestigious and there's, there's no prize fund. Um, and sometimes, like, you hear opinions back and forth of what you think or what people think that there should be a prize fund or there shouldn't be a prize fund to keep it that way. I think there's a there's a balance for everything. Um, but it's it's got to be worth it, I think, in our division, you know, the upper, the, the 209 and above. There's got to be some kind of financial incentive because you don't like, even if you are winning the Eagle, I mean, it still costs $1,000 for a tournament, you know, and that's without brackets. You know, all the good teams that go out, you know, that, Every guy puts a thousand or two thousand dollars in brackets too, so there's got to be some kind of financial return to balance out to keep the prestigiousness of the eagle.
0: And what uh, and and how was your performance uh, this year in, in Las Vegas? And what about your strategies for next year for uh, for Syracuse?
2: It was okay. I wouldn't say it was great. Um, fortunately, I had a I had a nice bullish journal squad, and I think I finished fifth or sixth individually there, so that helped. Uh, that helped make the the trip much more valuable. But the actual Open championships was was okay. I had a couple 650s and 660s in team and team and doubles. But unfortunately, we had a me and my partner Tanner had probably the two highest rev rates of our group. So what we did, we put us on a separate pair and we got crossed with some ladies who were throwing a bunch of polished balls and that made them really tricky for the end of singles. So that was kind of frustrating mm-hmm. watching the the rest of our group. You know, Mikey and Darren Tang and Michael Coffey and Zach Atori and they were in the pair next to us. I think they all had 720 plus in singles. So that was a little frustrating to watch and not be on that pair, but it was, you know, it we might've, if we'd have all been on the same pair, we might've wrecked it and nobody would have seven seven thirty. So, I mean, the point of it is it's a team event too. So I'm, I'm okay with that. It's a little frustrating, but, but I'm okay with it.
1: All right, AJ final question on the open championships. A lot was made from uh, some of the players out there regarding the not releasing of the pattern and some of the new changes for you college folks, like your team, you mentioned, does that even, is it like, okay, well, whatever, just, just usual for us.
2: Yeah, I think it, I think it's great. I like the not knowing the pattern. I think that's how this should be all the time. I think, um, like if you take, uh, somebody brought it up, we were talking about it recently about like the World Series bowling. So this is, this is my first year going out there and, um, you know, if, you know, Chris Barnes, let's say five years ago, he's been bowling in the same building for the last couple of years. So if he's bowled for the last, you know, 15 years, however long the event's been going for, he has an advantage over me because he's bowled on the same pattern we're going to bowl on in that building. So he's got a predetermined idea of where to start. And not that experience shouldn't, you know, count towards anything, but there shouldn't be that big of an unfair advantage. You should put out the pattern and whatever is there, you show up and you bowl.
0: And, and, uh, final question for me, AJ, now, um, okay. I do have some, uh, we've got some, we've got some ties, uh, together, uh, based on where you are currently residing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I was actually, I was born in Minneapolis, uh, St. Paul, a long, long time ago. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but tell us a little bit about what you're doing now and, uh, your pro shop business and who you're, who you're working with and, uh, and how that's going. Matt got a hold of me last year and said, uh, well, I got a, I got a pretty sweet deal.
2: Um, you know, we got a we got an opportunity to buy a pro shop and, uh you know you can be a, a majority owner and own the shop and we'll we'll put the money up to kind of help get you started and you know it's going to put a little money in our pockets too so it, it's me matt mcneil uh rick saprell and scott pole all have um invested in the shop and you know we're in like i said we're in inside concord ladies in south st paul uh we are an on track pro shop and we're just kind of getting rolling you know we just opened in august um so that's kind of where I'm at right now during the week. But then I'm still bowling full time, you know, almost gone every weekend or the next month. going to be a little hectic with the, the Team USA camp next week and the U.S. Open and then um, the World Series after that. And then I, got, I think I got there's a bunch of team tournaments up here. So I think we we had our first one two weeks ago and got one in between the U.S. Open, and the World Series and then a couple in December. So just lots of uh, lots of bowling.
1: All right, AJ, and and I, I kind of want to head back a little bit to the the World Series of Bowling. You said it's going to be your first one. They just recently released, you know, they're kind of doing some changes to some of the patterns, tweaking them a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, dropping some, et cetera. Are you going to have any practice on those beforehand? And what what is your thought, you know, regarding some of the the new? patterns and and you know you bring up an interesting point that it is kind of back to that level sort of playing field back at the stadium because as everyone knows myself steve we've all bowled at that stadium and there's certain characteristics on certain you know patterns certain everything in that place this kind of equals that out though and you guys get your practice sessions and such I'm um, so you still you know see yeah. some of that but what has your uh, overall impression been of the the new patterns
2: uh, i i like what i see uh, most of them they're definitely uh definitely flatter a lot of them they took the the shape out of them except for the chris paul event which obviously is a little different but what they've done is definitely flattened some of the like tita was always the easiest and they dropped that a couple feet and made it what like the third flattest of the patterns. so you know it's going to be it's going to actually be tough this year so i'm pretty excited about that i do like the fact that they're issuing them at the world series so it kind of gets rid of that unfair you know in the past advantage because i've bowled there before on this patterns um so that's kind of nice i do like that i think it helps level of playing field, you know, whoever shows up to bowl and matches up and makes the right decisions that day will be the best bowler. And I think that's how it should be every day. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think they did I think they did a good job. Uh, I like the diff, some of the differences and they have to change them up. You know, the guys that are as good as they are on tour, you know, they see the same pattern three times on the same surface. They're gonna have a really good idea of what to do the next time and they're gonna be hard to beat.
1: And AJ, it is called the Storm Collegiate Spotlight. So my final question now is going to be: What are you liking in the in the Storm and Roto Gip line that you're seeing that matches up really well on on all the patterns that you're bowling? on? it sounds like you're out out and about quite a bit.
2: Well, it seems like whenever you know there's a little bit of oil or I need a strong ball, I, I can't stop throwing the Sherlock. I got a, I got three different ones, and they just match up across the board on a lot of different patterns. And the other one that's really impressing me is definitely the Show Off. Um, I was a big fan of the Haywire. Uh, you know, it's kind of that benchmark, strong, symmetric ball. So, you know, putting that same cover around a little weaker core is great across the majority of patterns. You can, you can leave it dull, use it on the fresh. You can sign it up and chase it left about as far as you want to for a ball that's that, that strong a cover. Um, so I'm really impressed with that, especially at the price point. Being an HP2 ball and having the HP4 cover on it, I mean, it's, it's hard
0: to get a better value and reaction out of something at that price point good point there it's absolutely a lot of a lot of hook and a lot of performance for the money and uh and the yeah, sherlocks yeah. are are definitely knocking them dead across the across the board so well good luck in uh good luck in reno world series of bowling all your local tournaments there in minneapolis it's a great bowling town and, and a great place to live and uh we'd love to have you back on again uh the storm collegiate spotlight in the future aj so oh yeah i'd love to uh yeah thank you guys for having me on and thanks for the, the well wishes uh I appreciate, you know, Storm and everybody doing what they, what they do.